Sometimes, even though I'm running tech, microphones can be a bane. They got these little antennas on them, and if they're not out, it wreaks havoc. So there you go. That gets all the awkwardness out, right? <laughs> all right. As Pastor Dave uh, had mentioned, I'm Pastor Marty. I'm a senior associate here. Um, kind of do administration, not kind of, I do administration. I also right now am heading up the tech and helping our worship director with the worship thing. So I know I felt a little slighted. It had Emily at K first up there. Um, that's fine if you want to sing or play an instrument. But if you really want to do the important stuff, Marty at kfirst.org. So everyone's welcome, even if you play an accordion. Um, <laughs> well, when it comes to teaching and, and preaching, I love this portion when we're all gathered together and we're focused on one thing, the, the, and this, the questions Jesus asked. And uh, um, I prepared, I studied, I wrote stuff down, and in two minutes, Dave preached the whole sermon before we even got started. <laughs> That's how the Holy Spirit works. Not really. Not really. That um, He did a it, it, it goes like this, and I'm just saying this because it's an encouragement how the Holy Spirit works. You see, too often um, we get caught up in this thing where we just, it's all on us. But if we would, as we're doing, put our focus, our trust on Jesus, let the Holy Spirit do the work, he works out things that are unimaginable to us. So anyways... Once again, I am Pastor Marty. A little bit about myself. I'm married to my wonderful wife, Lisa. Uh, we've been about, is it 36 years coming up in August, right? <laughs> Woo, yeah. Uh, we've, we've raised three kids to success, and what I mean by that is the three kids produced grandchildren. All three of them got married, and that gives me the one thing that in life I've always wanted to do. It's the cuteness factor. Those are my grandkids, and yeah, I'm just a little bit proud and excited, not only just because, look at that. And so what's going to happen today is if any time things drag or get slow or something like that, or I'm fumbling because um, I'm approaching this sermon in a different way than I've ever done before, I'm preaching it in a different way than I've ever done before, and I put a time limit on, time limit on myself like I've never done before. So if I fumble, I'm just going to call up cuteness, and my wonderful people who run the slides are going to put this up. And while you guys look and go, oh, isn't he so lucky, I'll try to get my stuff together here. <laughs> no, just, just kidding. Just, no, I'm not. Um, <clears throat> what I just did on this hand here was start my timer. Because the verse that I'm doing today is there just isn't a lot that you can stray away from. There's a lot to it. But in John chapter 21, okay, it is the epilogue. Does everyone know what epilogue is? I think I got it up there. Let's see. Slide. Oh, yeah, epilogue. A section or speech at the end of a book or play that serves as a comment on or a conclusion to what has happened. So you can take the whole gospel of John, right, and you can read it, and then, or you can be like most people, skip to the end, get to the epilogue, and kind of get the overall picture of what everything was in there, you know? And then walk away going, whew, I did good. Tough crowd today. <laughs> Auditors, remember the signal? 
If this happens, you see me do this, cuteness goes up. <clears throat> well, in, in this section, or this epilogue, there's, there's a few things that I have to uh, instruct you or show you or have you at least have in the back of your mind. Because the question that we have today, and they're not going to put this up now, or they might, I don't know, it doesn't matter, is going to be this. It's, it's John 21, verse 22. And it simply says, If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? Follow me. So the question that we're going off today is, what is that to you? And pastor doesn't necessarily like it when I get on kind of the crass side of things, and I don't either, but sometimes when Jesus was saying something or asking a question or someone answered, asked him a question, he responded with a question. And in my world, it's kind of a bottom thing to do. See, is that a good word, bottom? Yeah, it, 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 it's like, but, but wait, that's, what? <laughs> and so if we were just to take that single verse right now and plop it out there, we could go in a lot of different directions if we didn't have just a little background. Thankfully, because how John, who is this amazing writer, put things together, he kind of built it so that we can. And there's, there's um, basically... I've broken it down into three sections because there's three sections in the verse. There's kind of three sections to the whole chapter 21. And as such, we can find out three, these three observations are what I'm going to call them. Okay? Number one that we're going to find is the leadership that Jesus had, his disciples, you and me, they're not the best person in the whole wide world. Okay? but they're the right person. And there's an important distinction for us. A little later on here, we're going to take on, we're going to do a little role playing where we all get to play a disciple. You're going to love it. <laughs> One person's like, oh yeah, he's setting me up. Yes, I am, and it's okay. Um, basically, what I'm setting you up to is not to be, not, be thou not a Christian bully. Let that one sink in. Um, it's number two. That our obedience to Jesus is primary amongst other things. Well, what other things could there be? Well, proximity or position can be something that can put us in a place. And we never have that in the church at all. Where, well, I'm a pastor. <laughs> Which means, by nature, I'm a little bit better than all y'all, right? <laughs> just, just admit it. No, you see, what, what was that, a position? How, how is that better in the scheme of what Jesus has done for all of us? Zero. So that's an observation in there. Keep that, all this just keep in your mind. This is hard. I, I know I'm challenging you today. And then the last section, the imperative. Now, I said that word imperative because Jesus said it. And it was the last thing that he actually said in person. What is it? Follow me. Follow me. I am to be the focal point. And I corrected it, but it's not up there because I intentionally had follow me highlighted or capitalized in the A and M capitalized. Who is the great I am? 
God. Jesus. So for us, those three things are going to, what we're going to use to go into this scripture. So I told you we were going to role play, excuse me, here. It got dry up here all of a sudden. How many of you here love, just absolutely love, to be told what to do? Not one? Okay, cool. Then I don't have to ask anyone to pretend um, on that. Today, we're going to take, all of us, the role of Peter. And the reason I ask, why, why do you care whether or not someone tells you what to do? Well, if you don't want someone to tell you what to do, what do you need to be? In charge, right? You need to be the leader. So right away, we all have a connection. We're all Peters here. Because we know, according to Scripture, that Peter was the one who Jesus tagged and said, you're going to be the man. The church is actually going to be built. You're, you're going to do this thing. You're learning from me. You're going to go out in my power, but you're, you're going to be the man, Peter. And, well, Peter had some issues. Uh, one of the issues that he had was when it came to leadership. I want to take a quick look at what Jesus told his disciples leadership was. If you can flip over in your Bibles to Matthew 20, 25 through 28, I believe I do have it in the screen, yeah. Jesus said this to his disciples, and we can automatically translate between what he told them to what he told all of you because I made you all Apostle Peters today. So, but Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them, but among you, it's going to be different. Mm-hmm. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become as your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Well, we're going to find out that Peter kind of had a hard time that whole serve. There was more of, well, I'm close to Jesus. Maybe not as close as the beloved one who laid his head upon his bosom, but I'm an important guy. None of us would struggle with that, so good. That's one thing that ensures that you too can be a very good leader, as in Peter did. Uh, second one, authority. If you got the authority, you got the power. Right? No one can tell you what to do with the authority. Here's, here's kind of what Jesus had to say about authority. And this comes out of John 20, verse 22 and 23. After his resurrection, he appears to all the disciples, and it says, Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, when I was writing this out, I thought automatically, this we could spend three hours on this. Because by all intents and purposes of looking at this, Jesus told his disciples they could forgive sins. What? Wait a minute, Jesus, you did that. Cross, resurrection, atonement, the whole bit. But Jesus says, you got the Holy Spirit, you can forgive sins. So how do we use that in today's context for all you Peters out there? We can safely say that what Jesus was saying was, you have a ton 
of authority in my name. Use it wisely. Because the things you speak over and you tell people to do, wow, forgiven. Who forgives? God forgives. So basically he's saying, keep it in check there, buddy. <laughs> you have the authority, but use it the proper way. And then the last thing that allows me to say that we could all be Peter today was the human factor. For me, that amounted to this. I saw it, and throughout the other Gospels, Peter, he had great ambition, you know? Purpose, I am going to do this. Jesus, I will die with you. The problem was is he lacked kind of in the actual follow-through on that, the human factor. He lost it. He couldn't do it. So he'd say, here's what I'm going to do, and his expectations were here, but in practical, he fell through, fell out. It's just like, mm, which even brought us up to this chapter where we see where Peter, who was supposed to be the best leader in the world, was not. And we can see that early on when he was out in the boat and they were fishing. Now, a lot of people beat Peter up for getting all the disciples, or at least the six of them, in a boat and going back to fishing when they knew that they were supposed to be disciples and spreading the, the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? So he gets a bad rap. I tend to look at it and go, Peter was very secure in his identity of who he was. Even the new identity, which Jesus Christ took him, took his name away, said, I'm no longer, you're now Cephas, you're Peter, right? He was good with that. He just didn't always implement things the right way. He had a few little tweaks to go in him. So, Y'all are feeling like Peter right now. Has anyone not identified with anything with Peter? Do I have anyone out here who are the Johns, the beloved, who did everything right? No? I, lost, I thought at least someone would raise their hand on that. <laughs> yeah, I want to be a John. <clears throat> so all that sets up to get us to John 21. Verse 22. And like I said, I broke that into three segments. So I want you to look at this as if you're Peter, because we're going to be able to take this and turn it right into your own personal life where you are. And then when you leave this place, you're going to be able to take those action points and directly apply them to your life. So here we go. I'm doing good. Not as good as I wanted. I got my timer going, but we should make it. I think we're good. <clears throat> John 21, 22. Let's get her up there. Yep. Jesus replied, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. So, first portion of that question, which isn't even the question we're working with today. This is just getting up to the question, right? If I want him to remain alive until I return, what's he saying to Peter? What's he saying to you out of this? In a nutshell, he's saying, Am I the boss, or are you? Remember, there's only one leader. There's only one king. There's only one Messiah. Jesus is it. It's not you. It's not me. We can get caught up in that in him, we are sons and daughters of God. That is amazing. It's mind-blowing. But 
We don't have the capacity to do that, to be in charge. There's only one like that. So Jesus is the one king, the one Messiah, and the only one who can really judge, if I said the word, on those who are being obedient to him. You say, ah, I get that, yeah. Some of you are going, well, I don't know. I'm pretty sure I could help them live a much better life if they just listened to me more. All the husbands are not nudging their wives right now, right? <laughs> Tough crowd. Cuteness picture. No, you don't need the cuteness picture. Um, the point is, is most of us, we can, at least I'll just say with me, and you can identify if you want to. I have a hard time managing my own life, let alone trying to think I can manage someone else's, especially when it comes to their obedience to Jesus. I mean, in order to do that, first of all, I would have to be them so that I could hear from Jesus for myself. And then let the Holy Spirit work in my life to help direct me to the steps to be what he's called me to do so I can be most effective in what he called me to do. And yet, I'll sit back here with the arrogance to say, I know what's better for you. That's where I said, Pastor Dave preached. To me, that is nothing more than a Christian bully. I've been around. I know what's going. Me and Jesus are like this. Start tracking the way I tell you, and you'll be okay. Dangerous place to be on that. And it also should remind us when we're in here that straight up, we're not God. Not even close. I seek to model my life after Jesus Christ, but I am not, nor will I ever be Jesus. There's only one. Next part of that question. Our main topic of today, Jesus' kind of bottom remark back. What is that to you? Because Peter, I think he was genuinely concerned that John wasn't getting his due. See, John is calling his gifting, according to scriptures, was he was to be the witness. He wasn't out there going to be the head of the church. He wasn't necessarily going to go out there and be the greatest evangelist or anything. He was the witness. It was up to him to be the witness. Now, in order to be a witness, what's the number one thing that you feel a witness should be? Integrity, right? You want to know what that person speaks is the truth all the time. Consistency. That was John. In fact, he was, he was so much in tune with his witness and, and what he was supposed to do, he doesn't even refer to himself by name. It's the one that Jesus loved. And it's kind of curious. I wish that was a statement maybe that more of us would use. That we are the ones that Jesus loved. Or we loved Jesus. That is our identity in that. So he gets out there by he, Peter, says, Jesus, John, you know, he's there. He's faithful. He's here. You love him. How about you bring him up here with me and you and, and, and bring him into this leadership role that I have? And, and Jesus looks at him and he says, what is that to you? 
What does John's obedience to me have to do with you? Be concerned about your own obedience. And I think for Peter, and I know for me and for us, that is a very hard lesson for us to, to learn and to distill in and to walk that out in our lives. Because we all have the best intentions. We want to help each other, and we should. But when it comes to a person's obedience, it really is up to the individual. The other thing that he's saying when he says, what is that to you, is maybe you should stop competing and comparing with others. You see, God isn't judging, or isn't grading on a, on a bell curve here. You know, if you hang with all the right people, that means I'm on the good spot, right? I'm on the right track. Well, it can't hurt, but no, it's not. Who you're hanging with and those are not going to have anything when it comes to you answering your obedience to Jesus. But Jesus, I went to all the right things and I hung with all the right people. But were you obedient to what I called you to? Well, didn't you call me just to be with all those people? No. Those people had another purpose, and you had a purpose with them, which was to help you refine what obedience to me was. Now, do you catch that? That's a fine detail in there because we don't do this thing alone, but there are certain things that are 100% your responsibility. The other thing that comparison can throw us into is that comparison, when it happens, it hardly ever seeks to build up anyone. Actually, it really only serves, we're trying to use it to build ourselves up. And that strikes back against those rulers that up there for the authority and what leadership was like. You know, it kind of goes like this with it. So now, the third thing that Jesus said in this was follow me. And honestly, that's the most important thing. The question is good, and it will cause us to think, and we got takeaways that we're going to do from that. But ultimately, Jesus is just reframing and saying, you guys, get back and follow me. So, <clears throat> so our, for our takeaways for this week, and we've got to move it along and wrap up quick here, Number one thing that we need to do is we need to look to Jesus as the guide, as the standard, as the focal attention that you have this week. Now, okay, Marty, this is a takeaway. How do I do that? I'm glad you asked. Turn that off. That was my alarm. I almost made it, guys. I'm just telling you. It was close. <laughs> How do you do that? Number one thing that I'm going to ask you to do, as I was preparing for this, uh, I told Pastor Dave, I just got back in and I couldn't just read the verse and go and I, I had to go back and read all of John again. And I was just struck by the greatness of John's ability to be a witness, his story, his writing, how he concisely pulled together who Jesus was in a direction. So as we go into this and we want to find how, how, do we look to Jesus this week? Number one thing you can do, read John. 
Learn about Jesus. See and hear and feel what Jesus did. Put yourself right into the story. I already gave you permission to be Peter. He's spoken about quite a bit in John, but you probably won't like it, but read it anyways. Put it yourself in there. Absorb it. Number two, pray. I know it sounds silly. It's not. It's one of the most important things that we don't do. <laughs> Ask God for help. The Holy Spirit is given to us to help us. So, Pray about it. Ask specifically, Jesus, what have you called me to do? I think you're going to find that he's going to say, what do you like? What brings you joy? What can bring benefit to this world? What you're going to find that it's much easier and the answer that he'll give you is much quicker than you think. And then number three, be in community. Ask fellow Christians. Say, hey, and, and most of you are going to go, oh, don't, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. Ask a fellow Christian, what is it that Jesus has called you to? Your obedience, what is it? Not that you want to copy it, but I think what you're going to find is everyone has something different because God made us all unique individuals. He, he planned it that way. And it takes us all to be the body. Next thing that I want you to do this week, and I wish I'd have had little wristbands to write it, write it down, but I want you to ask a question to yourself. Why am I concerned about that? I don't care what it is, ask yourself. I think you're gonna find that when it comes to how other people are living for Jesus, that you distill it down to the point of going, I'm, I think I'm still trying to control what I should control. I think I'm still trying to put myself in a place that I should be put. Or even take myself to. It's easy to do. As a pastor, I can tell you, it's probably the number one thing that I would fight against, and it's pride. I've done all this work. I know what I, I know. I know what's best, I really do. And it probably is. But my best in my way, I guarantee, is not gonna be your best in the way that God wants you to live it, okay? There's a freedom there, people, that God has for you. But in community, we need that. We need each other, but we don't need to be Christian bullies beating up on each other and telling people, well, this is what God has planned for you. In my 40-some years being adults, and really trying hard to follow Jesus Christ that, in that way, he's never ever once told me to go up to someone else and tell them this is how they need to be living their life, and this is how they're supposed to be a Christian. say that in the process of us helping one another we need to understand that helping someone in their helping them in their obedience it's really vastly different than deciding what their obedience is see I can come along and I can support you and help you grow in Christ Jesus but I can't nor should I take the place of telling you what that obedience looks like 
I'd, I'd say it the second way. I'd say it like this. One is service. Two, when I help you walk out your obedience, I'm serving you, which is one of the core principles of believing. Serve. The other side of it would be lording it over you. And that goes against directly what Jesus said, that, hey, listen, the world does it this way. It's not how we're going to do it. Lastly, we are to follow him. And the question that I want you to think on in this one is, what has Jesus called me to do? What has he called me to do? And if you haven't, thought about that, I'm going to be a little bit mean, and I'm going to say, maybe you need to hear Paul speaking out when he said, it's time for you to get off the milk, and the milk being, I'm saved by Jesus, and now, yeah, I'm happy, and start getting some real food in there, start working and asking and saying, what is my gifting? Your obedience to Jesus, it comes out this way. We hear from Jesus. Whose responsibility is it to hear from Jesus? Yours. It's your responsibility to hear from Jesus. I am here to help you work through, is this really him speaking? Because depending on our level and our knowledge and how long we've gone through and been transformed by the Holy Spirit, it can be different. But the point being, it make the first step. Take that first one and say, let me see if I can hear what Jesus is asking me to do. We do that with wisdom, just like I said. The Holy Spirit, definitely, we need. The scriptures, definitely, read your scriptures. Read the Word of God. Go in there. And number two, or three, church the fellowship, people. All these are equal. They really are. And they're meant for us to use. So let's use them. Then we need to understand here. It's like wrapping up here. Your giftings, they come from God. The stewardship of the gifts, that's yours. So that means I can't give you the gift. I, at best, might inspire someone to go, wow, if he did that, I know I could do that better. Yay, go for it. You know? um, and then we're going to find out that no matter what Jesus has called us to, and this is important, and this is what I want to end on, and it's going to be my challenge to you. No matter where you are in understanding your giftings and walk them out, there are two things that are imperative that you do while doing this. The number one thing, the number one thing, say number one thing with conviction. Number one thing. There you go. Love. Love. You cannot walk in your giftings in obedience to Jesus if you are not walking in love. And I'm going to be hard line on this. I'm going to go to the other side of it and say, if you're questioning whether it's love or it's not love, default on the side, it's not love and don't do it, okay? Build up relationship. 
Get involved. Love. Care. Love is the number one thing. Why? Because God is love. Why did Jesus come to the earth to save us? You all know the verse. For God so loved. You got it. Give a pop tart. That's what Dave says. Number two, serve. One another, serve them. We serve each other in the world in our gifts. And so, you want to know the best way here at K First that you can grow in your obedience to Christ, in your discipleship? Get involved. Join up with one of our teams. I already plugged it. I'll plug it again. Worship, tech, plug in. Why? Because there's Christ followers there. And we want other people to help us in our obedience to Christ. We want other people to help us define for ourselves what has Jesus called me to do. In all this, we won't be Christian bullies, but we will be compassionate representatives that Jesus Christ is going to look at and he's going to go, well done. Thank you. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I just ask by your spirit, God, that we would be more inspired to look past all the things that other people would see in our lives and think it's good and distill it down to ourselves to say, are we really being obedient to that which you've called me to do, Jesus? Jesus, we don't want, I don't want anyone here to be in your presence and to have you say, to us. Why are you concerned about that? What does that matter to you? But God, I want us to be able to come up there and rejoice that we are following you, that your grace, your mercy, and your love has saved us, God, that we are not only restored, but better. We have been redeemed. We have been taken from the place of brokenness and not just put back together to be whole but you have redeemed us. You have added to it that we are better than what we could have ever been. So Father, I just pray right now a blessing over this congregation and for these people. God, that as we go out in the power of you, Jesus, and the power of your love, God, that the world will see, they will know, and they will bring glory and honor to you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.